0: Welcome to AWR 360, broadcast to baptism. Several years ago, in the 1960, I had a friend living in the island of Hawaii, specifically the island of Hilo. It's a surfing town, and uh, the alarm had sounded, giving warnings that some large wave was coming in. She, being cautious, climbed up to the hills uh, to follow the normal procedures of what you do when you hear that kind of alarm. She climbed up and uh, found herself safe. However, there were people who did not follow the procedure. They wanted to see this huge wave because they are surfers. However, nothing happened for the moment. They uh, decided to go back in, and she went down, and then the alarm sounded again, and once more, she made her way up to the hillside, and the same thing happened with the people below. They made their way to the beach to see the large wave. And as you can see in the slide, there is a wave that's coming. However, what he saw as a wave was coming in was the horror of the people who were watching to see the great wave. The problem is that a tsunami does not travel at the normal speed of a wave. A tsunami travels about the speed of 500 miles per hour. So if you can see the wave, it is too late. You will not be able to escape it. And that's exactly what happened. They didn't listen to the alarm. They went to sea, and uh, when they saw the wave, that's the last thing they saw. And all she could hear was the sound of uh, screaming and yelling, and the wave came in and completely demolished everything that it could get a hold of. Uh, Here is the result of that tsunami and you can see the devastation that that wave actually created in the Isle of Hilo. The only thing uh, of a memorial that still stands is the clock that marked the exact time when the wave struck. If you notice, it's almost four minutes after one o'clock. She was fortunate that she listened to the warning. Others were not as fortunate. So I need to ask a question, when is a warning a good thing? Before it happens or after? Let's pray as we study the Word of God. Heavenly Father, as we study your Holy Word, we pray that you will bless the presentation to the blessing of those who hear, and uh, the power that they can experience through your word. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. The disciples in the days of Christ um, said to Jesus, Tell us, when shall these things be? The reason why they are uh, asking the question is because Jesus was sitting on the mount there, overlooking the temple in his glory, And the disciples were pointing out the glorious temple. And uh, Jesus then turned to them and said, "Uh, You see this building? There shall not be one stone left upon another. Well, the disciples were stunned by that. Because in their understanding, they thought that when the temple was destroyed, the end of the world would come. And so, they turned to Christ and said, Tell us when shall these things be, and what shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? So three things are included in that question. When will the temple be destroyed? What will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the world? Jesus then began to unfold before them the many different things that would occur concerning that. He told them about plagues, or what we call today pestilences, or pandemic uh, influenzas that are affecting the world. But listen, plagues were part of Jesus' prediction concerning signs, and in the year 1347 a plague affected Europe. Uh, in a tremendous way it was called the black death or the bubonic plague and that actually happened of all places. It started in Sicily in Italy and as a result, it swept across Europe and approximately hundred and twenty-five million people died from that plague in those days people had believed that the signs of the coming were there because of that plague. They thought the end of the world would follow. Well, from 1347 till now, it's a lot of time that has passed. But listen, Jesus said that there would be plagues and other signs, which we'll talk about in just a moment. But there was another plague that affected the world. It was called the 1918 Spanish influenza. This particular plague Uh, affected or infected about a third of the world's population and killed over 50 million people. Again, the people who were affected in those days and saw people dying left and right uh, assumed then that the end of the world was coming because those who knew the Bible recognized that there were signs. Those who did not know the Bible didn't know what in the world was happening. They just knew that millions of people were dying. Well, since that time, uh, up to the 1970s, there have been some flus, but something interesting has happened. After 1975, in the midst of 1970, something strange took place. Some 30 new diseases have cropped up, causing tens of millions of deaths. This was reported in the Newsweek magazine of May 5, 2003. So think about it. More than 30 new diseases that were not recognized or did not exist before. In fact, I want to tell you something interesting, that most of the diseases are coming from animals. When my wife and I were studying health in a world-famous university called Loma Linda Medical Center. Uh, we were told at that time, that scientists did not believe that diseases of animals could transfer to humans. That's what the scientists believed. Of course, the ones that were instructing us believed differently. They believed that it will happen. Well, what? guess what? That was in 1971 when my wife and I were studying and now in 1975 it is announced that there are diseases that are cropping up that are coming right from the animal kingdom. And so you see the SARS, the mad cow disease, the hantavirus, the bird flu, the Ebola virus and the swine flu to name a few. Many of these diseases have killed thousands and hundreds of thousands of people. And so according to the word of of Christ there will be pestilences. Today we're dealing with what is called the COVID-19 or the coronavirus. Uh, Presently, from what we understand with this virus, uh, the noble coronavirus has infected more than 1,803,633,000 people globally around the world. Uh, It has killed now uh, over 109,000 people worldwide. According to John Hopkins University's report, the U.S. has reported that more than 261,000 cases, uh, and now that there are over 20,000 deaths alone. So the U.S. has passed Italy's uh, death toll. Now the sad thing about all this is that this is not the only plague that's affecting the world. In fact, I understand that there are more or about ten different plagues that are affecting the world, one of which is the African locust plague that is affecting the uh, northeast part of Africa or the Horn of Africa. Notice then that there are millions uh, of locusts that are eating up everything around that area. Somalia has been affected, and you can see this picture of a man completely surrounded by a swarm of locusts, millions and millions of locusts. This again is another plague. But listen, with all these things happening, people are beginning to wonder at the same question that the disciples had, and that is, is the end of the world coming? One of the things that I think is important I must stress here is that these are signs And people are wondering, not just religious people, but even secular people are beginning to ask the question, what is happening? What's going to take place? Where's this leading to? The Newsweek prophecy, uh, Newsweek magazine says prophecy, what the Bible says about the end of the world. And, uh, And so there are interests. Uh, among the secular, the scientific community. Everybody is concerned that something is happening. However, no one can exactly predict when the end of the world will take place. In fact, uh, the question, can any person actually predict the exact time of the end? The answer is no. Here's what Jesus says in his own words, Matthew 24 verse 36, but of that hour, knoweth no man not the angels of heaven but my father only so notice it says that no man neither the angels of heaven know the actual time and hour that the end will come so since we cannot tell when the end is actually coming since there's no specific date then what Christ in his mercy has done is shed light into the signs that will point to what the Bible calls the end of the world. But listen, like the warning sign in Hilo, Jesus says, Now I have told you before it come to pass, so that when it does come to pass, ye might believe. If you have not believed before, Perhaps this is a good time to start contemplating or thinking about faith. The Bible says then that God reveals these things and allows them to happen. He predicts them ahead of time. Then when it happens, he wants us to have faith in him, to believe in him. There's a reason why. Then in Luke 21, he said in verse 11, There will be great earthquakes in diverse places, which means different places. There will be famines and pestilences and fearful sights and great signs shall there be from heaven. In verse 25 and 26, it says, And there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth distress the nations with perplexity the seas and the waves Roaring. It's interesting, isn't it? The words are quite clear. Verse 26 says, Men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of heaven shall be shaken. I heard a a news commentator make mention that some people in some places were actually jumping out windows. To take their own lives for so fear of the being affected by these uh, plagues that are coming upon the earth. I want you to notice something important here. Jesus said there'll be famines, pestilences, which means diseases, and earthquakes, the wave roaring. Now, what's interesting is that all of these things are happening simultaneously as we speak right now. In other words, there are mighty earthquakes that are shaking the earth, and we'll look at some of those in just a moment. But there are also signs from heaven. In the year 2013, something spectacular happened over Russia. All of a sudden, there was a huge explosion, and they did not know what it was. This explosion. It's Uh, had great magnitude and it shattered windows all across Russia. When that happened, people were frightened and again began to think that the end of the world was coming. And, uh, And what happens when people become fearful, they begin to pray. Even people who do not believe begin to pray because they do not understand. What's happening, nor can they depend on any human source to help them. And so they're hoping that perhaps there is some uh, supernatural being out there that can help them. Signs in the heavens. The disasters that are occurring are increasing in number as well as in strength and magnitude. In 1980, just here in uh, North America, uh, they did a research and found out that there were. 63 disasters that occur just in 1980. From 1980 to 1990, there were 88 disasters. Then uh, 210, there were 134 disasters, and then 211, 250. So I want you to notice that not only are they increasing in number, but they are increasing in frequency. In other words, from 1980 to 1990 is 10 years. From 90 to 210, again, this uh, is 20 years, but from 210 to 211, that's only one year. And so, the the reason why this was uh, studied was because it's having a great impact on the Uh, economy—all these storms that are taking place and destroying uh, buildings, houses, etc. that insurances have to pay for. Now, earthquakes certainly are, are increasing in number and doing their damage. For example, Jesus said, the great earthquake shall be in different places, the word divers means different, and famines and pestilence and fearful sights, and great signs shall there be from heaven. Listen, the Bible also tells us that something is happening with the foundation, and what's taking place according to Isaiah chapter 24 verse 18 and 19 says this, for the windows from on high are open, and the foundations of the earth do shake. So, it says that the foundation shaking. The earth is utterly broken down. The earth is clean dissolved. The earth is, is moved exceedingly. What the Bible reveals is that the structure of the earth or the foundations of the earth are actually uh, have been deteriorating and uh, that they are moving the earth. And actually, that's why we have earthquakes. The scientists just say that the shelves are moving. Uh, the reality is that the Bible reveals that the earth is actually coming apart. Uh, things are not as they were before. The earthquakes then that they create can be of great magnitude. For example, in the earthquake that hit the island of Haiti uh, in the year 210, it killed from 250,000 to 300,000 people. It was a uh, terrible, terrible earthquake that uh, brought devastation to that area. Um, then there was the earthquake in 211 a year later, in Japan. And this particular earthquake was about 9.0 uh, on the Richter scale. And that particular earthquake was so so powerful that it actually created a tsunami. The tsunami then swept over the city and destroyed that city and the it just created a havoc, a, a tremendous catastrophe that impacted Japan. And that, that tsunami left, of course, behind all sorts of wreckage and, and disaster. But it did not only just do that, it did something even worse than that. According to scientists, that particular uh, earthquake in the Italy's National Institute of Geophysics and volcanology, the 9.0-magnitude quake was so powerful it shifted the axis around which the earth rotates. In other words, the earth moved from its axis. Uh, Here's another uh, information on that. Here's what it says. The shift to the earth tilt will have profound, if subtle, effects on the length of the day and the passage of the seasons. The devastation, the earthquake that struck off the coast of Japan on Friday, was a once in a millennium event, scientists say. Think about it then. Since the Earth was shifted, uh, here's a picture of the actual shift. It actually moved the landmass—there's the before and there's the after. And scientists were thinking that this would bring about what we call today climate change. And no question that the shaking of the earth, uh, the volcanoes, and everything that's happening is creating a different uh, atmosphere for us. It is uh, leaving us all shaking, not knowing when an earth earthquake will happen or where will it take place. But I have a on my cell phone an app that traces earthquakes, and I'm tracing the earthquakes from five. Uh, and up on the richest scale. And every single day, I get uh, text that an earthquake has happened here, happened there, happens here, happened there. So there are many, many earthquakes that are taking place all over. The earthquake in the crash church that devastated that city. Uh, and here's what I did. I did a little research in, uh, in 2020. This is from January to now, concerning the actual earthquakes. And if you notice, that from the earthquakes from 4.0 to 4.9 actually were 1,549 earthquakes. Uh, The earthquakes from 5.0 to 5.9, 221, and the earthquakes from 6.0 to 6.9 is 18. If you add them all up, you get almost 1,800 earthquakes that have occurred already uh, from the time of January to our time now. There's no question that the words of Jesus, the prophetic predictions of Christ have been accurate. We are living, being witnesses of signs that are warnings that predict the reality that we're living in the last days. The tsunamis, the Bible says, the sea and the waves roaring. And there's no question that if you've ever been by uh, a place where a tsunami has hit, those waves come in roaring. Isaiah 24, verse 18 and 19 also sheds light on what the Bible is talking about. It shall come to pass that he who flees from the noise of the fear shall fall into the pit. He that cometh out of the midst of the pit shall be taken in the snare. For the windows on high are open. The foundations of the earth do shake. The earth is utterly broken down. The earth is clean dissolved. The earth has moved exceedingly." So we can see then that people are fearing. I know that in, uh, recently we've had massive fires in Australia. We have massive fires in California. I have had friends that have lost everything they've ever possessed in, in some of those fires uh, both in California and in Australia. And so in America, people are thinking, well, there are fires in the, in the West, we'll go to the Midwest. Then they discover the Midwest, there are tornadoes. So they say, well, let's move to the East. They discover in the East, there are hurricanes. And so then they don't know where to go because if they go to the Northwest, there are earthquakes. And so there are earthquakes, there are tornadoes, there are hurricanes, there are fires. And now you can't escape the plagues that are coming from one place of the world to another place. And so, people are fearful, and there's good reason for that fear. But listen, the typhoons, the hurricanes, have actually increased in number and in, and in strength as well. Uh, before 1980, there were no categories that we know of that were as large, as big, or as powerful as the typhoons of today. Here, for example, uh, the research uh, found that average hurricane numbers jumped sharply during the 20th century, from 3.5 per year in the first 30 years to the 8.4 in the earliest years of the first 21st century. So not only have they increased in number, but they have also increased in strength. I remember having to go to the Philippines to a little town, a city actually called Taklaban. It had been devastated by a hurricane, typhoon. And when that typhoon struck that city, it completely devastated that city. Uh, I went with 20 other uh, practitioners, that is uh, doctors and nurses, to help in trying to bring relief to the people who had suffered such terrible disasters. We know that these uh, storms are large, they're strong, they're powerful, and they're increasing in number, as Jesus actually told us that it would take place. In the book of Second Timothy, God also tells us that the social condition, the, the mental uh, mindset of people will also be going down downward, downhill. Notice what it says in 2 Timothy chapter three, verse one through five. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves. Notice that this peril is not referring to perils of the storms and disasters, but perils from human beings. Notice what it says then. Men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despiseth of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof from such turn away." So Paul warned uh, in this particular prophecy that there will be a condition among mankind that can become very perilous, and we see then that it is true. Uh, people are not only losing their lives because of natural disasters, but people are losing their lives because of men destroying one another which was another sign that God would bring. And when these things begin to come to pass, Jesus said, Then look up and lift up your heads, for your redemption draweth nigh. But listen, there's no question that we are living in a time of trouble. There's no question that the signs are telling us where we're heading. We're headed to the end of the world, as the Bible describes it. However, in the midst of all this, Jesus Uh, Use an interesting illustration. He says when you see the fig tree begin to show its leaves, you know that summer is coming So likewise when you see these signs Know that the end is near But he didn't leave us hopeless. He actually gave us hope and encouragement. He said when you see these signs then lift up your heads for your redemption draweth nigh." In other words, I am coming to rescue you. Wonderful hope, what do you say? It is true that people are losing their lives, but it's also true that people can have hope and have faith that even if they lose whatever they have on this earth, yet God can preserve them and give them hope of eternity. Listen. Several years ago, Dr. Stephen Hawkins, uh, he was an actual astrophysicist who held the Isaac Newton Chair of Mathematics. He had made a declaration uh, that, as far as science was concerned, they did not have much hope for the planet. Uh, They uh, actually transmitted him via satellite. In a uh, uh, a a, a vision, there, as it were, um, so that they could actually see him, as it were, as if though he was on stage when actually he was back in London. But uh, what's interesting about this particular transmission was that they wanted to interview him, as it were, live. So right at the Opera House there in Sydney, Australia. he shows up on stage as a hologram, and they begin to ask him questions. They can actually tr- transmit life to him, and he could speak back to them. And they asked him several questions, uh, one of which, by the way, had to do with God. They asked him, did he believe that there was a God? And at that point, he said, no. And, but later on in the month of July, he actually, before he passed away, said that he did believe that there was a God. But prior to that, here's what he actually said, I fear that since the evolutionary process has worked through the dialectic of determinism, that is the survival of the fittest, that because we are animals uh, and we have the tendency to go by the survival of the fittest uh, and aggression, he says, our long-term survival and any hope for our species is in question. It's interesting, because he's actually Parenting or repeating what Paul said, the perilous time shall come that men shall be lovers of their own selves. So here in scientific terms, the scientists are saying, you know, because of us being uh, aggressive humans, we may destroy each other. Well then he continues to say, however, if we can keep from destroying each other for the next 100 years, sufficient technology will have been developed to distribute humanity to various planets. Then, he said, no one tragedy or atrocity will eradicate us all at the same time. Scientists also recognize that the earth is in trouble. People all over the world sense that we're living in interesting and, as the Bible says, perilous times. However. The hope that the scientists present, in fact, those that listened to uh, Stephen Hawkins, the the scientists, decided that they were going to speed up the process, and rather than a hundred years, they would do it in fifty years. So there's a, a great rush to try to get to the place where we could get somebody off to Mars or some other place in order to save humanity. However, what he is doing is, he is actually parroting again the words of Christ. Science is again confirming the truths that are in the Scriptures. The only hope is to leave the planet. Our planet is falling apart. Now, I'm not a prophet of doom. I'm a prophet of hope, if I'm going to use the word prophet. However, I'm not a prophet, but I'm just using that phrase. Please understand this, that as far as the Scriptures is concerned, God says, that the earth is falling apart, and Jesus made a special promise that actually agrees with what Stephen Hawking says. He said, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go and prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again." receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also." So Jesus says that I must come back and get you off the planet. Stephen Hawkins says we must get off the planet. However, these are two options. Get off the planet in the rocket, or allow Jesus to come and take you home. Which one would you choose? I think I would rather choose Jesus, because there's no question that he had power to perform miracles and resurrect people. There's no question that he had the ability to heal. There's no question that he was the one who could change the human heart and bring conversion. There's no question that he is able to do anything that humankind cannot do. And so, when he says, I'm going to come and take you, you can count that he's going to come and and take you. So the counsel that the Lord gives us is this, which is uh, what the world actually, governments, are actually telling people. They're telling people to stay at home. Notice what God says. Isaiah 26, 20. Come, my people, enter thou into thy chambers, and shut thy doors about thee. Hide thyself, as it were, for a moment, until the indignation be Overpass. Good counsel. God is interested in you. He has given us signs and warnings so that we then can prepare to meet the Lord when He comes in peace. Listen. The question I asked to begin with is the same question again. When is a warning a good thing? Before it happens? or after. I think you would agree with me. A warning after the fact is of no use, so the warning prior to it is the one that brings benefit. God has given us sufficient warnings, and he has done so in order to give you hope so that you can prepare. But listen. Uh, Several years ago, there was a young girl named Tilly Smith. She was 10 years old. She went with her family on vacation over to a place called Sumatra in Indonesia, and while they were at the beach, uh, she saw something that scared her, and that was she saw the the water of the ocean receding, and she immediately recognized what was happening. Because two weeks prior to their going on vacation, she was in a class. And in the class, they were teaching them the signs of a tsunami. Well, when she saw the water receding, she immediately told her parents and other tourists that the tsunami was coming. Well, there was no sign to the tourists. Everything looked nice. In fact, uh, the fact that the water receded opened up the, the, the sand so they could go and pick different shells. But rather than doing that, they listened to the young girl. They ran for their lives and went up into the buildings. Here is an interview of the family that survived. There's Tilly with her parents. But it turns out that that tsunami actually did come and hit not just uh, Sumatra but many places and over 300,000 people lost their lives. But the ones that listened to Tilly. Over 100 tourists actually were saved in that 204 Asian tsunami by recognizing the warning signs that she had learned two weeks before in school. She was awarded a award of merit for what she did. Listen. What if she had not yielded to the warnings? Whether she had not recognized the signs? She would not have been standing there receiving a, a award of merit. Her family would have been destroyed, and the hundred tourists that were saved would also have vanished. She then, recognizing the signs, did the right thing. She took action. Friends, even though we will not see the end of what we're seeing right now, God in Christ has provided for you hope. He says that these signs will occur so that you, in seeing the evidences of what he said would happen, would believe and put your trust in him. So right now, do you have faith in God? Have you put your trust in the only one that can save you? There's no question that without him, where will you turn to? Where will you go? Who can you depend upon? The only place that you can find hope is in God. Listen, the word hope, the Lord gave me that uh, as a, what you would call acronym, H standing for heaven, O standing for offers, P standing for people, E standing for eternity, Heaven offers people. Eternity. God is offering you not years of life on earth, He's offering you eternity. Will you accept that? Will you turn your heart to God? Will you find your comfort and safety in Him? If you will, then you will find the peace that passeth understanding. I prayed that right now, as you're listening you will consider the invitation to look at the signs and realize that they're pointing to one person and that is your Savior, Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the signs that we see that encourage us and help us to realize that what you did say would happen is happening. And although there are many that are trying to figure out a way to save themselves, we know that the only salvation that is important, it's the one that you can offer, and that's eternal life. And so in Jesus, we pray, Father, that you'll keep us. Amen.
1: रेन सृष्टि साधन जाय न ताके देखा पुत्र करें प्रकाश ताके तुमे आमी तुमाई बिशाष कोरे हे शार आकाश प्रिथी भी गोरे छो तुमे आमी शशकोरी हे शार्दाकशप्रीथि भी गोरे चो तुमी आमी तो माई भी शशकोरी आरो आमी भी शशकोरी ji vandata she por mata og dirakare eshe chilen panch shat हे शारदा कश्मीरी भी गोरी छोटू मी आमी तो माय विशेष कोरी
2: tahre je jondo tu vare ache to daraye tahare akhato ko urche ko mare Shut
3: We